Hello, and welcome to another episode of Marketing, Management, and Money. I'm your host, Ryan Murray. And I'm your host, Ryan Owens. So today, I want to talk about this concept of it's the lifetime value of a customer. And this really is kind of a marketing concept, but it's going to bleed into some ideas around money and the financials of the business. Because really, what we're looking at is we're looking at how expensive it is to acquire a customer versus how expensive it is to keep a customer. And so I, you know, I kind of want to, uh, to to jump in and and just just take it from from the very fundamental of this that you know we all have heard it's cheaper to keep a customer than it is to get a new customer. But let's break that down. Like, wh- yeah, what yeah. exactly is going on? Why why is it cheaper? Are just you know existing customers they they're, they're just cheap? You know, I right. like like what exactly is going on that's making that happen? Yeah, this I feel like this is a really important topic to understand uh, because you hear that, and there are a lot of maxims like that in uh, marketing and sales and management. All you know, all those things that they all vary a little bit, but essentially, they. I feel like a lot of times they come with that same kind of a connotation. That's like you need to. It's it's cheaper to keep customers rather than reacquire them or whatever. Yeah. And, and everybody's like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. But there's always that like 10% in the back of your head. That's like, eh, is it though? <laughs> is it really? You know what I mean? And yeah. so I think it's really important to, especially for this one, because it really does have so much impact on how smoothly and efficiently your business can run. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, you think I, I like to think about this in the way of when you first started out your business as an entrepreneur or whatever this venture is that you've taken on, when you very first started it out, was it just like people were like, Oh yeah, here, here, take my money, you know, pling right from first day. Right. It wasn't, it was like all this work and effort and time and energy and fights with your spouse. And you know what I mean? <laughs> it's never happens. That's too real. Never happens. <laughs> Is is that, is that what we mean by it's you know it's cheaper to you know have existing customers? Is it's like you don't you don't fight as much? Yeah, less emotional cost. <laughs> Clearly. Anyway, <laughs> dialing it back. Let's try this <laughs> one more time. No, it's like you start out your small business, right? And you do all this work and everything that goes into it. And your first customer comes and you're like, woohoo, I got it. And you try again. And it's like, ah, it didn't quite work. So you have to go back to the drawing board and try again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all this work to get that built up to where you have a solid customer base. And then once you get it rolling, it's like, hey, and this is starting to work. All we're talking about here is momentum. Right. You know, it, it's like. And it's the same thing with your customers. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's easier to keep the ball rolling than it is yeah. to get it started. Yeah. So thank you for tuning into this week's episode. We uh, have enjoyed this discussion on momentum. Just kidding. So this this is this is what I want to do. There are so many times where I'll hear you know this thing like it's seven times more expensive to you know get a customer yeah. than it is to keep a customer, or you know your customer has to be exposed to your message. 13.4 times. Yeah, I love that before. one. <laughs> and there is some validity to it. There's right? a lot of validity to the concept. Bingo. But, but the number, it, it varies so much yeah. 
from industry to industry, you know, it depends Absolutely. on how, you know, how you, uh, you know, how you expose your customer. Mm -hmm. Like, are, are you, well, are you whacking them upside the head right. or are you just kind of subtly being like, Hey, notice us. Yeah. Are you, yeah. Are you like this new hot up and coming thing or are you some, are you, are, you know, are you some random niche market that you really have to work for to mm -hmm. sell your customer? It's, it's just super different yeah. for a litany of different reasons. And, and I think the biggest fallacy is when people, they get this mindset that there's like, okay, so if I share my message seven times, people will buy. Yeah. Like, no, no. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> like there, there might be someone who buys the very first time. Some people, they're going to wait till the fifth time. Some people will never buy from you. Some exactly. people take 20 times, you know, and, and seven might be an average. It might be something you want to run with, but you know, however, the concept is valid. And that is that if you already have someone buying from you, they're going to come back more easily and more readily if they had a positive experience. Now, we recently did an episode on customer uh, service, yeah. and, and we talked about how important it was that you understand what experience your customer wants. Not everyone right. wants a friendly smile. That's not, you know, sometimes they need to have the expertise. Sometimes they need to have the knowledge. And yeah. so if you're providing a quality customer experience then they're more likely to come back without you spending a lot of, you know, ad dollars or, you yeah. know, putting together a marketing campaign or something yeah. like that. They're already there. They're already buying. It's habitual. You know, it, it's locked, ready to go. And those people that have purchased from you once already have already shown, like, they've already indicated, hey, this person might be part of my love group, right? They've, right. They've thrown up that at least some sort of an indication, right? It's like if you're fishing and you feel like a little bit of a nibble, it's like, there might, there's probably a fish down there. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you wait for another one. And if there's another one, you yank it. Mm -hmm. You're right. And I'm no fishing expert. I assume that's how it goes. <laughs> I real in real life. I suck at fishing. I do too. I'm like cursed. <laughs> Anybody that comes with me can't catch fish. It's terrible. Anyway. Um, but with, with these people that are literally, and I think I picked this phrase up from you, actually, right? Uh, these people that are voting for you and your business with their money, mm -hmm. right? Like, they literally are doing that. And, and that's a sign, like, you know, if you're voting for class president in your school, it's like, oh, that's probably a sign that you like that person. Yeah. You know, and it's the same kind of a thing with your business. And if they're already is that connection and you reach out and, and foster that a little bit, it's so much easier to, well, A, you'll either identify right off the bat if they've, like you said, if they've had a good experience and they are part of your love group, or if they had some sort of a bad experience and you can fix it, or if they just are like, yeah, that was a mistake. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? Right. It becomes very clear. And that's cheap in terms of marketing dollars. <laughs> that's not an expensive thing to do. Right. But if you're like, hey, we already had all these people buy, we're going to totally ignore them for the moment. And we're just strictly going to see if we can find somebody else out there to buy from us. Mm -hmm. Like, how are we going to do that? That becomes expensive. Right. 
because right. again, it's a there's a litany of different ways that that could become complicated. But so you've got to realize when you're out there, how consumable is your product or service? Right. If you are a realtor, like people aren't buying houses every month, and a lot of times, you know, people. Like if they're moving, they might move completely away from you. Like you're always yeah. having to get new customers, <laughs> you know, right. if you're relying upon really, you know, repeat customers, that's pretty tough as a realtor. Now yeah. I know there's realtors out there. They're like, Oh, it's the referral. It's the referral. Yeah. The referral, but that's not a repeat customer. That's a marketing technique to get new customers. Right. But what if you're super consumable? And I'm going to use the example of restaurants because food is very consumable. You eat it and you're done. (laughs) And if you like the restaurant, you're going to come back every single day to consume more. There's an interesting phenomenon that I observed. I feel like every day is extreme. (laughs) I'm just going to stop you and throw that out there. (laughs) Like, I feel like that's the old man that goes into the the gas station for his coffee like every day or the cafe for his coffee every day. That's, I don't feel like that happens. Does that happen? Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me that you're asking if this is a thing? I don't know. Dude. I don't do that. People are habitual. And when it comes to food, there are so many people like on their way into work, they not only stop at the same place, but they order the exact same thing. I guess that's that's their routine. Where a regular comes in. And yeah. Yeah. At at the coffee shop, like there are so many people that are just grabbing their coffee every single day. And, you know, see, and that's like totally antithetical to my personality. <laughs> I guess this is why I don't relate to that. You know, well, weird. I mean, I'm sure you've got your habitual things. It might not be a breakfast routine. No, you know, <laughs> just kidding. But I actually, I always pick my nose at the same place on the drive to work. Oh, good. Good. That's the only thing I could think about. Is is, is that why one side's more swollen than the other? <laughs> <laughs> Getting back, so <laughs> there's this really interesting phenomenon that like happens. This bulbous, like, <laughs> I know it's all nostril. stretched out. It's, <laughs> it's got it's, it's got stretch marks on it. <laughs> stretch marks on your nostril. I know anyway, you anyway. Okay, so soon. there's this interesting phenomenon. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying this for the third time that I love to watch as uh, you know as as a small business consultant working with all these businesses. Every time a restaurant would kick up, inevitably people were curious about the restaurant. Right. And most of the time, you're not afraid to give it at least one try. You know, I mean, you might walk in and find the place filthy and think, okay, I'm I'm never coming back here. Yeah. But you know, if it's got a decent ambiance, you're gonna give it a try and you're gonna be like, okay, hey, there's a new restaurant in town. I wanna see if it's any good. And, you know, depending on the experience that you have is going to depend on whether or not people are coming back. If, the, if you have a positive experience, you're going to make this place irregular. You're going to tell your friends about it. If you have a negative right. experience, then you're done and you're going to tell your friends about it. Right. You know, and so uh, it's really your marketing campaign becomes what is the experience that, you know, that that you're having. And, and yeah. so um, when you're talking about the, the lifetime value of a customer, how consumable your product or service is has a lot to do with how much you need to focus on the lifetime value of a customer. Because if you're a restaurant, 
I mean, that's your lifeblood. Like yeah. repeat customers is your lifeblood. If you don't have repeat customers, you are done. Yeah. You know? So depending on the level of, of consumption is, yeah. is really going to make all the difference. And I feel like a huge part of, of that is understanding your customer, right? Like we've talked several times about having your best existing customer. Right. And if you understand that, Hey, in this regard, my customer base should be more or is more habitual. So if I can become part of their routine, bingo, right? Mm -hmm. Because it is this consumable thing or whatever. But like you, like you said, or you gave the example of the realtor, if this isn't something that's like, a habit, then what are the characteristics of this customer that I can tap into to, you know, maybe have them come back to me with, like you said, with referrals. I get that that's not like repeat customers, but, um, or if they like sell a house and start renting, or if they go from, Hey, they're renting from me. And now they like me so much that the properties that I manage, then, then they're going to buy from me as well. And there are some ways, right, that you can make those. It's just a matter of looking at the that best existing customer. Who is that for you and tapping into that? Now, here's where I'm going to recommend that uh, our listeners start. So before I'm going to come up with a lifetime value uh, strategy, I'm going to put a lifetime value. I'm going to put kind of a monetary value yeah. on that customer. Oh, yeah. Now, this is almost impossible to get correct. Yeah. Because you're, you're, you're looking at it. And, you know, if, if you're doing some... It's uh, fortune telling for the future. Right? Seriously. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, well, you know, this customer is going to be worth X amount of transactions. Like, you don't know this. But there are ways that you can... But wait, wait, I'm... I'm I'm feeling like there's some returns coming in <laughs> here now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but but there are ways that you can really start to uh, hone in on this. Yeah. And you can get close enough. Like you don't have to be exact. This isn't right. this is not an exact science type calculation. This is something where you're trying to put a value to the customer. Right. So if I were that restaurant and I say, all right, at at my restaurant, the average plate is $25, okay. right? And so I look at it and I say, it's $25. Most people are not, like, this isn't your breakfast routine. Breakfast routine right. is, you know, I'm going to spend eight bucks, right? right? You know, but at, at $25, it's like, okay, I'm probably going to come here, what, a couple times a month? you know, maybe once a month, once a quarter, something like that. Sure. And so I'm looking at it and I'm saying, all right, for every regular customer, if they're coming, you know, once a month, that's worth $300 to me yeah. in, in revenue. If they bring someone with them, that's worth $600 to me in revenue. And so I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, so these two people coming out to dinner once a month in my restaurant, that's worth annual $600. Yeah. How much would it cost me to market to these two people to get them to come? You know, if I if I had to put a radio ad out there or if I'm going to put an online coupon out there or if I'm yeah. going to, you know, uh, run some sort of a promo through the, the local school district or whatever I'm right. going to try and do to get these people to come, 
what does that cost me? Right. And I look at it and I say, okay, at $600, if I'm going to, you know, give them one free meal, that's $50 off. Okay. So $50 worth of, uh, you know, food or service or whatever, is that cheaper than what it would cost me to market? And if it is, we do that. You know, and we, we want them to keep coming back and bringing their friends and, and different things like that. And so it's something that you can look at. And will you know, like, are they going to come the third Thursday of every single month? No. But can you estimate it? Can you figure out, sure. okay, how often are people coming? And if you're in business, I know I'm on a little bit of a rant here for nah, a second. That's all good. <laughs> it's a good rant. If you're in business, then, you know, the servers, they're going to start noticing the regulars. And just tell them, say, hey, I want you to do something for me. I want you to pick a handful of regulars and literally just mark on this calendar right here when they come in. Let's start tracking this and let's get a rough idea of how often are these people coming in. And then we can make some estimates and we can figure things out and, you know, go from there. Yeah, I think that's a great approach, especially for the food industry, right? Sure. So, but for the rest of our (laughs) listeners that aren't in the food industry... The one or two of them. Yeah. Right? No, seriously. Like, I think when did it, this become the Food Network? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we should take a look at uh, some other examples, right? I think okay. another popular uh, avenue that entrepreneurs, especially in today's day and age, are pursuing is more of the e-commerce side of a thing. Oh, yeah. Side of yeah. things, right? Um, and so how would you... I feel like a lot of the questions are going to be like, well, how do I do this as an e-commerce? I don't see my customers coming into my store or whatever, you know, but as long as you're tracking your orders and things, keep a list of the emails that come through. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I really like, and I'm going to kind of bring it back here because there were a couple steps that we pointed out and these are the same steps regardless of what market you're in. Yeah. Step one is, understanding your customer. Yeah. Like if you don't understand your customer, the chances of them coming back are really slim because you haven't done anything that they appreciate because you don't know what they appreciate, you know? So step one is you've got to understand that customer. And and for me, that's what it really comes back to, right? Like having that customer profile, understanding the attributes of your, your love group. Yeah. Right. Then step two is understanding how consumable your products or services are. If they're highly consumable, then you have to focus on getting the return customer. If they're not super consumable, then, you know, you're more into like a referral base type business. And so, you know, once you have that, then it's putting together strategies and, you know, ideas and techniques of how you can, you know, figure out the the value you know the lifetime value of this customer doing doing some some estimated calculations and and then you know tracking it you know right. testing your theories yeah. seeing if okay i believe that you know return customers are worth so much now i'm i'm going to try and validate that i'm going to pick a couple return customers and i'm going to track their sales for mm-hmm. the next you know year and and yes it might take a long time yeah Welcome what to you, small business. Yeah. What are you doing anyway? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you done after gonna, eight months? Yeah. The, the year's going to come and go whether you do anything about it. Yeah. Well, and there are two more things that I want to touch on um, okay. before we kind of tie this thing all together. Number one, um, say say you get a year down the road and you understand, okay, my 
uh, repeat customers are worth 800 bucks or whatever, right? If you have to go out and market to them to get them to be return customers and it costs you 1200 bucks, you're probably doing something wrong. Right. And you need to go back and look upside down. Right. But that leads me to the other thing that I think is actually really cool is say you go down that road, right? And and you're like, oh, I think this is my my customer, and they caught this customer cost me about eight hundred bucks, um, and I marketed to him, but it it cost me twelve hundred bucks to get him to come back. Well, it's like okay, well, it, revisit your assumptions about the attributes of your love group or those your your ideal customer, right? Mm-hmm. And target a different, you know, take a different approach and say, so. I was thinking that they were this way or this type of a person, but maybe they're this type of a person, which is a little bit of a tweak. Right. Right. And then you test that theory and Holy crap, that only cost me a hundred dollars to get that $800 return. Yeah. You know, and that's where the fun of marketing for me, that's where the thrill of it comes in. Yeah. That, that test and you know, it it becomes your laboratory. It's like, Oh, I wonder what this is. Oh boy. That didn't work. Okay. Let's try this. But you know, so, you're going to send some nose hairs along the way, <laughs> for sure. You you made a comment that uh, sparked a thought that I think is imperative that we cover. And and I know that we're, we're going to wrap up here in just a minute, but the thought is of being upside down where you're yeah. like, oh, what, what if it costs more to acquire than, than what you're getting? Now, the true uh, gem of lifetime value of a customer is understanding that you don't have to make your investment back today. And Correct. that is something, I mean, we, we, we've kind of talked about this, but I want to just call it out directly and say a lot of times I've seen where businesses, they're afraid to do loss leaders. Oh, yeah. And, okay, so a loss leader, for those of you who aren't familiar, is you are selling something at a an intentional loss. You're losing money on the sale with the idea that it gets someone in your store, that it gets someone to come back for more, that, you know. Yeah. And well, so and it and it doesn't sorry to interrupt, but I want to just clarify. It doesn't ne- I mean, yeah, it's called a loss leader, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a loss, right? Like it doesn't can, have to, no. You can just drop your margins so low that you're making a penny or what, you know. Yeah, you, you're, you're breaking even. Right. Or but, you're, you're making $10 less than you'd like to, but you're still making a little bit. It just is a different, uh, you're giving up more of your what you would gain in revenue. And, Sorry. And no, beautiful clarification, because when I look at loss leaders, the way that I like to look at them is the difference between, you know, that that margin that I would have been making yeah. and the loss that I'm willing to take. And whether that be a true loss or whether that just be a relative loss, like I'm not making as much as I normally would. Right. The difference to me, that's a marketing expense. Totally. It's 100%. It's, it's not a cost of right. the product. You're not looking at it and saying, oh, well, our cost structure, we're, you know, we're, we're losing our cost structure. I'm like, no, you're shifting that for a marketing expense. And you're going to drive the accountant crazy because they're going to look at that and they're going to be like, no, this is cost. This is cost. And by true definition, yeah, what you did is you, know, you, you lowered your, your margins and you don't have as favorable of uh, you know of a cost structure going on relative to the price, but 
if you look at that as what's the alternative that I would have spent in marketing dollars, because marketing exactly. is expensive. You know, oh, we, yeah. We've said that several times. Marketing is expensive. And so it, it's a trade. It's a trade that you're willing to make and you're willing to take calculated. Don't just, don't just discount something because yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, we got to discount this. You know, I wonder what this will do. Yeah, it's like this is a very calculated, yeah. strategic approach to marketing. This Absolutely. isn't willy nilly. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that, I think that oftentimes you see small businesses fail for that reason, right? Mm-hmm. They just start throwing stuff at the wall, as especially if things, for whatever reason, whether it's economic downturn or whatever don't go as planned or don't go their way. They take a hit of some kind and they panic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they start throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. There are a hundred billion thousand ways that you can get something wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's easy. It's so easy to pair off the vast majority of those just by doing a little bit of research or thought, you know, or pondering on who your customers are, or what your approach is, what your, market is, you know, all these different things. Right. Um, and it becomes so much less of that, just throwing something at the wall and seeing if it sticks. Yeah. Anyway, I think that we've definitely given our listeners an earful (laughs) on what to do and what not to do in terms of lifetime value of their customers. And, but just know that it exists. Yeah. Come up with a rate, even if that rate is not completely accurate it at least puts that concept in your mind. And and have some patience, you know. This is a long game. It is. You know. That's yeah. why it's called lifetime. Yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> it's it's going to take you a while to dial those things in and, and get that machine running correctly. But when you do, oh, baby, it's magical. <laughs> it is. And with that, we I hope you guys find that gem. I hope you can refine your stuff down to that point where it's just running like a beautiful, well-oiled machine. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Take care.